1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
2: Be nice to Dumba. It's too early in the so season. We're going to get it's a, what? a No, s- rant. no. Are you, no
3: you can't yell. It's, nice to, did you see it's, that? It's too early in the no, season. it's not. it was
1: stupid. Calm
3: down, Hooplehead.
1: Idiotic.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Mackie> <laughs> and Joe. It's November. I don't care if it's July. Calm down. You're sure. <laughs> we get things rolling with the opening bell. What ring
0: Judd hockey rant forthcoming, but let's get to this first.
3: The 1-2. Line drive. Base hit. It's fair. Rolling to the right field corner. Barnes will score. Utley is on his way to third. He'll be held there. Sliding in with a double head first Is Taylor. The Dodgers have tied the score at one. Musgrove into the line. Here's a pitch. Peterson with a fly ball to left. Well hit. Back at the wall, Gonzalez lets it, go out. Peterson delivers again. What a World Series for Josh Peterson. Jumping
1: for joy,
3: rounding third, heading home. The Dodgers lead
1: 3-1. to Who can guarantee that you're going to be in Game 7 of the World Series ever again? So come ready to play. You have your best attitude, your best opportunity. Every guy on our staff wants to baseball. And so uh, this is what they train for. This is what guys live for.
0: I would say uh, we went a long time through the early 2000s and didn't have, we had we had that epic 2001 World Series after 9-11 where Diamondbacks, Yankees, a bunch of Hall of Famers went toe to toe for seven games, and then we had a Game 7 drought there for like probably seven or eight years. We're on an every other year schedule now, baby. Oh, yeah. Every other year, including uh, last year. So now back to back years, we have been, we've hit the Game
1: 7 World Series jackpot. This is awesome. And and what's that? I just saw this morning that uh, I believe home teams in Game 7s in the history of the World Series are 18 and 19. uh, But until, but the last, so the last two Game 7s have been won by the road team, the Giants at Kansas City in Game 7. And then the Cubs at Cleveland last year. But before that, the streak had been nine consecutive home teams to win. Yeah. So we shall see. But uh, this has been great. I mean, yeah, you know, we we could talk about the problems. But the bottom line is this series has been a lot of fun.
0: It has. uh, My question to you to kick off the show here is, is there anything that can happen in Game 7 tonight? to make you consider putting this World Series above the 1991 World Series. And I this has been a there's been a lot of amazing things that have happened here and and Hall of Fame caliber players
1: going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I am I thought about this and it's probably not fair because I was 21 when when that series happened between the Twins and Braves and it was so great to me and left such an impression and I was there when Morris pitched the Fantastic Game Seven. It would be it would be tough for me to say yes, but I'm so biased, I'm not sure I'm the best per- person to ask.
0: So and I'm a little bit more objective here because I wasn't old enough to I was like seven or six during the nineteen ninety one World Series. So I wasn't quite impressionable enough to have that be entrenched like, Oh my god, I mean absolutely yes. I'm from Minnesota, so I'm definitely biased toward the nineteen ninety one World Series, but I think objectively, Game 7 tonight would have to be one of the great games in the history of baseball and and somehow better than Game 7 1991 for you to even consider. I've got the tail of the tape, in fact. All right. The tail of the tape between the 91 World Series. I've got the resumes here and the 2007 World Series through six games. and the, And when you line up the tail of the tape, it's actually amazing how much the 91 World Series holds up. So let's start with 91, all mm-hmm. right? As the series built, the drama built, you had five of seven games decided by one run and five of seven games that were tied after seven innings. So almost every game drama was mounting as it progressed forward and and the result was hanging in the balance going into the eighth inning, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, three walk-offs in the 1991 World Series, including Game 6 home run walk-off yep. and a Game 7 walk-off, you got which is about as dramatic as you can get. Yep, You had three extra inning games in 1991, including Game 6 and Game 7. Mm-hmm. And then the legendary Game 7, Jack Morris goes all 10. So you, I think it's the combination of close games, extra inning drama, and then that stamp at the end, that legendary, the Puckett stamp in Game 6. I was going to say. And the, the Game yes. 7 that people talk about, you know, 25 years later. And also Hall of Famers, Kirby Puckett, John
1: Smoltz, Tom Glavin, you know, Jack Morris, people the would argue. Super, but the superstar stamps of the, of those last two games to me is huge. Absolutely huge. But I would I would say in my lifetime, the two World Series that we uh, talk about the most to this day are 75 Red Sox and the Reds which which of course was game six because the fiscal home run was game six then they went back I think the next night uh, to, to Cincy and played game seven and the Reds won that one and 91 yeah I'm pro I'm probably too biased to ever uh say that this series would surpass it but but if the question is how how good is this series for baseball. I think it's fantastic. Oh, it, yeah. It, I think it's great for
0: baseball. Baseball has a lot of great things going for it right now and I, I mean, I think the question is these last two years with the Cubs storyline last year and now what we've had through six games in this World Series and the playoffs have been super fun um, and the TV ratings you got you got game five surpassing Sunday Night Football which is not something that happens very often in baseball. Is it sustainable? And I think baseball, if you look at the things that baseball has going for it right now, it's it's really interesting in terms of the home runs being hit, the offense, a lot of the strategy that's being talked about. Baseball feels more interesting now than it did even four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think baseball is more available now. I've streamed a lot of these World Series games on my smartphone. Yeah, Like baseball is just, it, and it should be the most
1: available sport but because it's every say, single day for like eight months. But the fact it, it was not is an indictment of them. I mean, this should they should have been making this game as easy to consume for people for the last ten years as possible, and they've and they've made and it it's better now.
0: But they've been ahead of the curve, twelve years ago or thirteen years ago is when they launched their streaming platform to watch games out of market. But I think now that you can open up your smartphone in the Twin Cities and you can watch uh, Fox Sports Go right, yes, and you can and watch, watch a Twins twin, game. Yes, uh, but real quick, the 2017 World Series resume, just so you know what what it's you know what the '91 World Series uh, you know compares like. Most home runs ever hit, and that was established through five games. So they broke that record through five games. Uh So, uh, And not just like meaningless home runs. We're talking a record number of home runs and -and back-and-forth haymakers, three-run bomb to take the lead, you know, game-tying home run in the ninth inning, whatever it may be. Two extra inning games out of six so far. And I think much like the 91 World Series, but in a different way, you have that legendary, iconic game. It was game seven to 91. It was game five to this point with Clayton Kershaw, a Hall of Famer, one of the great pitchers of all time starting and then the game finishing 13 to 12 in extra innings and a bunch of home runs. And then like you also have future Hall of Fame players like Kershaw, Verlander, El Tuve. You could probably name a few others mm-hmm. that are propping up the six games so far. So I think, like I said, something crazy would have to happen tonight walk off, come back in the ninth. Something would have to happen to make you think that was the greatest World Series game of all time for this to be the greatest series of all time.
1: Here's the one sad thing for me that that I will cop to uh, in taking this question and processing it myself. As a sports fan, my attention span is so short now as far as, well, that was fun, onto this, that 91... My attention span was still to digest things and absorb things and think about them. And for days after, you thought, what a great game. There have been great games in recent years in different sports now that because attention spans, including mine, are so short, I don't absorb, which is not fair to the game itself, but it's true. So, so I mean, that Giants-Royals World Series was fun. The Cubs-Cleveland Series was fantastic. And it was, and we talked about it the next day. But by midweek or so, I had sort of not digested it. So you're
0: just like because you're getting old and have a fleeting no, memory. You're... No, no,
1: no, no. It's not age. It's the amount. It's the amount of what's next. You can't remember what happened in Game it, Five. It's the amount of what's next. There are next. 93 home I'm, runs. Listen, hit. I am guilty as the next person of during a game. I'm on Twitter too, like watching Twitter. And well, scroll. that definitely is the thing. And yeah. that. And that Honestly, as a sports fan, it's fun, but what it does—you problems. But what it does is no. But I think as a society, digesting greatness becomes more difficult because our attention span's so short, and we're on to the next thing. Lots of times,
0: Uh, we can let's pause this because Brian Murphy is going to come in here in about five minutes, and uh, and and I'd like to get his thoughts on this to contextualize this World Series, it's also easy to have recency bias that, oh my god, the thing we're watching right now is the greatest thing. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think it's easy to romanticize in that way, too, but uh, last night, that wasn't the only thing that happened.
3: Ding, ding. Puck is stolen. Here's a chance. Healers breakaway, moves in, back in shot. He scores! <laughs> Nikolai Healers steals a puck inside that Minnesota line and beats out Alex Staylock with a backhand and Winnipeg quickly leads it 2-0 to start this third. I started heading up the ice and
2: I uh, saw Granny cut him behind and I just put it too soft. I got to put that harder back there so um, he can skate onto that and beat that guy. And that, was, uh, that was my fault. It, um, it sucks. It's, it's, I don't really have any much. Much more to say than that. I I know that was my fault tonight, and I uh, just gotta man up and own it and try to move on. And it's frustrating, and you know, you know, you let your teammates down like that on a on play that uh, you know I could routinely make. It's, uh, it's like a interception and like a pick six. <laughs>
0: like guy runs it back to the host. Yeah, uh, that was Matt Dumba.
1: Yeah. After. Yeah, that's great, man. That's great. And congratulations. I will give you kudos for uh, coming out of the back room and standing up and answering the questions about your stupid mistake last night. But that pick six is something that Brock Osweiler would have been embarrassed by. That was that interception you threw was one of the and concluded one of the stupidest hockey games I have ever seen a player play. The second period, you could you could make a case that Boudreaux is default for the last Dumba mistake because after watching Dumba in the second period last night, there was no excuse for him to get off the bench to start the third period. He had that goal by Eilers came 43 seconds into the third period on a 14 second shift by Dumba. That was his last shift of the game. It cost his team the game. Listen. You moved, and I was on board with this, and Collar was too. Chuck Fletcher moved heaven and earth to make sure that Matt Dumbbell wasn't taken by the Golden Knights. Last year, you you exposed him in the expansion draft, and we all said, well, that's too bad, you're losing an offensive defenseman. And Fletcher went and got Vegas to agree to give Eric a a new contract there, and then he traded him Alex Tuck, who, by the way, has three goals. Alex Tuck is an emerging, very good, I don't want to say star, but an emerging, very good winger who you could really use so you could keep Matt Dumba. And now the excuse is going to come in from the apologist. Well, he's young. He's a young player. You have to give this time. Matt Dumba is 23 years old. Last night was his 238th regular season game over four-plus years spent in the National Hockey League. This is a complete embarrassment and a joke. And I don't know what he's doing, and I don't know where his focus is, but it's not on hockey. He hasn't played well all year long, and Scandella's gone now. Matt Dumba, Matt Dumba's pro, uh, progress that he makes or the play that he gives you is no longer a luxury for you. It's a necessity. If you are going to be successful, Matt Dumba has to play well. And what he did last night was a complete joke and a mockery and when you have to sit him down for the rest of that game so Mike Riley and Gustav Olofsson can be one or two of your five defensemen to play, you got big problems. So, Matt Dumba, you might want to examine what you're doing on and off the ice to get it right. So next time you decide to play in a game which people pay good money to see you're not making a joke of you, your teammates, and the people that showed up. He just hasn't been playing that well. I mean, he's, uh, he's a good player that maybe I'd set the bar p- pretty
0: high for him, but he hasn't reached that bar. And, uh, uh, you know, I just thought that was, that was an inexcusable play. And, uh, and at some, some point you have to be accountable for your actions. Uh, are we going to get Judd rants after every disappointing wild game in a season in which they're not going to be performing at a level they did last
1: year? Did you see that pass? I will rant all I can You're after a pass like a the, lazy the, a, a, the a drop. The wild aren't that good. A drop pass. Get off the bandwagon a now. A drop pass into your own zone that you... I mean, for him to say, well, I didn't make the drop pass hard... The drop pass was stupid. You were playing a stupid game. The second period, he was awful. So for him to then try and justify a drop pass into his own zone for grandland with eilers who's, by, by the way, a really good player, right on him, is idiotic. Absolutely, and... If he is not scratched for Thursday's game against Montreal, I will be extremely disappointed. (laughs) You've got defensemen to play. You (laughs) sat Kyle Quincy, who is a serviceable veteran last night, because you wanted to play Olofsson, which makes perfect sense. I'm fine there. But if you are going to play this kid tomorrow night, 238 regular season games, 23 years old, the seventh overall pick in the draft. year he came out. Not the 37th, not the 77th, not the 107th, the 7th overall pick. Don't give me this BS about him developing, him being young. That game was a he played a non-professional game last night. It's that simple and he should not play Thursday night for sure. I just
0: want you to know that your level of angst relative to where the Wild likely wind up, there's a there's a gap there. It so was you're a, gonna you're gonna drive your blood pressure to the made, roof For a team that's not that good.
1: He made Andrew Wiggins look like the hardest working human being on the face of the earth last night. He made Wiggy looked engaged all the time oh, compared least, to how he played. At least he owned it after the game. Well that was <laughs> that was the only good thing is he came he owned out it after the game. He came out and he addressed it, but it was awful and it was a joke.
0: I wanted a little bit more there. I wanted like I wanted you to break the glass to your right. I wanted you to Reach across the desk and I feel like grab Murphy I was, or something.
1: No, I was very measured, but it, wa- it was a pathetic performance. And if he doesn't sit on Thursday, then I'm going to be very disappointed in Boudreaux. We have a few segments uh, earlier in the
0: week, normally like Friday segments. Write that down at 10 o'clock today, and we're swinging for the fences. Home run predictions only, and write that down at 10 o'clock. Uh, we'll do our NFL picks today. That's going to be around 11 o'clock. Mike Golic Jr. We got Brian Murphy from the Pioneer Press and TwinCities.com coming in next. Mackie and Judd.
3: Mackie and Judd are back. Put
1: down the sports page and listen. On
3: 1500 ESPN. Grove into the wine. Here's a pitch. Peterson with a fly ball to left. Well hit. Back at the wall. Gonzalez lets it go out. Peterson delivers again. What a World Series for Josh Peterson jumping for joy rounding third heading home the dodgers lead three to
1: one who can guarantee that you're going to be in game seven of the world series ever again so come ready to play you have your best attitude your best opportunity
0: tonight on this radio station game seven dodgers astros i saw on twitter here this is the first ever game seven to be played at dodger stadium yeah that's incredible so in uh,
2: 65. Just World Series, though.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah World Series game. In seven. 65, they played the Twins, but that series started and, and ended here. So that's right. that's right. Koufax put him down as yes, a three he did. hitter in game seven after going to the uh, synagogue in Bloomington, I v- believe. Very good. Yeah. Because, in fact, Sandy, if I'm not mistaken, Sandy was on schedule to pitch game 6 right and he said no i can't do that i've got to go to services no i think it was game 1 oh okay cuz he
2: pitched game 5 he okay. threw a shutout in la that's what it was, and then. i don't I, I the only reason i know this is cuz they were talking about it last night he threw, right. he came back on 2 days rest for game 7 and took him down <laughs>
0: god that's a, i wonder who's all available then tonight like or who or who's not who's like verlander probably not going to come in yeah that would but be, randy
2: johnson came in a game say, 7 i was going to say i bet you okay if you, you know he, that's part of lore if you right. Really, if you can yes. come back on zero days rest, God. and you need you need hey, you need me to get a hitter and out. Verlander's, I'll come back. And
0: he's
1: the type of guy who would come back. Of course, yeah. he easily would. come back.
0: Didn't Scherzer? Uh, Scher, I think Scherzer pulled that in the uh, NLDS. I think he yeah, said, just I'm, "I'm available if needed." And then he got rocked. Did he come in on no? No, he might have had like a day or two rest. Just it was just two weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, against the Cubs, and he did, came in, and then the, it all blew up on him. Yeah, I remember. The, I remember the four runs being scored on him, but. Like Verlander would be Verlander is sort of old school in that Oh, yeah.
2: he's a horse he's going to he's going to pitch what, until Plus he only went 6 last night so you figure I mean it's still a day later and you got the stiffness and all that other stuff. He'll but, tell you that he's available.
1: And what he'll t- tell you he's and available. And what constitutes Kershaw is going to be available. Lore as well. I mean if you think oh, about yeah. if you think about the things that we that we look back on in 15 20 25 years and say so and so did that. Playing hurt. Bloody pl- sock. Playing sick. Playing hurt, playing sick, coming back and playing on or pitching on no rest. Those are the type of things. Bloody sock. Clutch. Those are the type of things. If you, so if Verlander was scheduled to start tonight and pitches a great game, we'd certainly talk about it. But if he comes in and let's say he pitches three innings or something like that, that's the type of thing where you say, Do you remember that gutsy performance? Yeah, that would be three innings on no day's rest
0: after throwing six innings and whatever it was, 90, 85 or 90 pitches would be, I don't think that's going to happen, but I wouldn't be shocked if he came in, if they went to like extra innings or something and and they turned to him. So I just pulled up a list. By the way, Brian Murphy's hanging out with us Hi guys. Uh, from PioneerPressWednesdays.com as he does on Wednesdays. So the question I posed to Judd off the top was, what would have to happen? Is there anything that can happen for this World Series to to be up there with the 1991 World Series? If I did I, hear the tale of the tape. You want to do it again a little
2: bit? Give yes. me some details. Well,
0: now that I think about it, I almost would put not only the 91 World Series above this, and this has been awesome so far, the 2001 World Series for a million reasons, yes. the, the storylines of 9-11 and then the just the epic nature the of the series. The three games
2: in the Bronx were... Yes. In a, if, that game, if that series went five games, the three games in the Bronx people would talk about forever.
0: It ended Byung-Hyung Kim's career, basically, yes. the closer for the nine backs. Uh, and then the 2011 World Series where... The Rangers were one strike away, I believe, twice, twice twice in game six, and they wind up losing the World Series in seven games. So something crazy would have to happen tonight. In ninety-one, we're talking we're talking five out of seven games went down to the wire or were decided by one run, uh, three walk-offs, three extra inning games. You had the legendary game seven. So I don't know what would have to happen tonight for you to put it in the same category, but it's possible. I, nothing I would think yet.
2: I would think a pitcher's duel. Now you know it's hard to think of two starting pitchers going into the tenth inning, especially now in a game seven where the managers no. are going to be way too involved. Oh, you oh, the be Dodgers, allowed, it's not, the you Dodgers be are gonna, to. No, yeah. Yeah, no, it's you not going to. Yeah, you Darvish, you Darvish, his max is like five innings tonight, right, so that's not going to happen. But if you can get to a either a one nothing, two to one shutout type situation going into the extra innings, I would say that would be one. I think you got to have some controversy, too. I think controversy always helps. I mean, you think of the Herbeck pulling Ron Gant off first base in Atlanta. That's still talked about. The middle games in Atlanta kind of get lost in the shuffle because of the walk-off with Kirby in in Game 6 and then, of course, Morris's performance and Smoltz's performance and Gene Larkin's Mm walk-off. But you need a little bit of controversy, and the only controversy I can think of is... You know, uh, uh you know, a little squint-eyed flash in the dugout
1: that didn't go over well and is going to cost him some games. You would need controversy. You would almost need it tonight in the form of some type of weird play or something. But with replay, it's almost impossible now
2: to have that anymore, too, where it's like what he was out and it changed. You know, you're not going to have that in the 85, 85 World Series went seven games. And it wasn't necessarily a classic, but people
0: remember yeah. game
1: six. Don Denkinger. Because
2: right? uh, Denkinger blew yeah. the call at first base. You know what we haven't
0: seen I don't think. I mean, we've seen home runs to win the World Series. Joe Joe Carter in nineteen ninety two or three, whatever year that was. Ninety three. Mazeroski. Uh, and we've had the we've had the gem pitching performance. We've had so we've had all these things. What if it ended back and forth game or pitchers duel, whatever it is, and one one team is down by a run, but but with the game winning run at the plate, with the bases loaded or something, and it's a robbed home run. A, a robbed home run to save the World Series as a walk off, basically.
2: How do you call a defensive walk off? Is there such? I mean, is there a defensive walk off where if somebody went over the fence to grab a ball and came down? Doesn't
1: with happen it, very often. I don't think obviously. there's really a term for it. I mean, but it's is much... there
2: a defensive walk off? Because then you're running off, obviously.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: like for that, that would be a much more rare instance. Because you know, think about the number of home runs
1: that are hit over the course of a season, and then think about the number of home runs that are robbed in like in know, the ninth inning. Do you know what I want to see tonight? I want to see at least one, if not both, pitchers, starters, pitching really well. And I want to say the managers tonight say, bleep it. I'm leaving them in. No way. It's not going to happen. I'm leaving them in. Don't I'm, get your hopes out. No, I'm, going, I'm, not I'm not. I'm not. Because but they are
2: managers see. and they are going to get into their but thing. I would, they have but to, I would, they're going to pull everybody out of the pen. You
1: just talked about wanting to see Verlander. But I would love. But, but what I'm saying is the one, th- the one thing we, we've entered such an era now of. No matter how you're pitching for the most part, you're coming out. I would love to see if McCullers got hot tonight saying, you know what, I'm going to let him pitch for a while.
0: Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's like not going to happen though. I think that it's more likely for the Astros because their bullpen, I mean, they're both bullpens look taxed, but the Astros bullpen right now, how many times can he go back to Peacock for God's sake? But, like you the know, guy that
2: comes in. The other thing with it being a game seven, you know, and I know that everybody talks about the rest and this, but if you're a ball player, you're 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 laying it all out there. I mean, you got all well, you got greatest all winter to
1: sleep. It's the greatest.
2: I mean, so that's why to me, I you, you know Verlander and Kershaw. Could you imagine him coming in for middle inning relief? Yeah,
0: Kershaw probably. Kershaw is much more available tonight than Verlander. Sure. Um, and Kershaw, you know, there's a lot of questions because he got shelled in Game Five, and but he's and tough at home. He's given you a bunch of great starts in his postseason career. that get overshadowed by the Game Five against the Cardinals and the DS a few years ago, and then the Game Five shelling. If he Wrigley, came in yep. in relief and he and let's say he collected like two and two thirds worth of big time outs between the fifth and the seventh innings, and the Dodgers won, the narrative about Clayton Kershaw would change at least somewhat after uh, after cementing it in
2: Game Seven. How about Verlander too? I read today he's got eleven postseason wins, but he's zero four in the World Series. Correct. Interesting. I mean that's yep. tough. To, yeah, to, you know because think of the year he had in twenty twelve. He came in Game One in San Francisco with the Tigers mm-hmm. and Pablo. Put a ball about six hundred feet in almost into the bay and basically won the series with one swing of the bat. Yeah. Uh that two thousand twelve series, which a lot of my Tiger fan friends are a little still mad with. Still Still mad about? Yeah, still bent. How do your Tiger
0: fan friends feel about Guardi now being the manager?
2: You know they've been they've been plugging me on that. They've been a fan. I, most of my friends and family have been a fan of Ron Gardenhire for a long time. Obviously, the Twins put a lot of beatings on the Tigers when the Tigers weren't in contention early in the 2000s when they were terrible. And I think they've seen a lot of him. They like his old school mentality. They like kind of the the presence he had in the dugout. So as as, as maybe people here kind of t- thought Gardy grew stale and wasn't managing young players well and. You know, I don't want to say the game passed him by. That's not true, but maybe just yeah. the
1: eh, yeah, okay. It sort All of right. started too. Okay, I would say it did. I don't
2: think, at least the people I know in Detroit are, are thrilled to have him. Uh, but the, then again, they're they're in. They're in the throes of a rebuilding I was going to say, there, so. they
1: do get the fact that, they're not going that anywhere. the GM and Guardi are both probably going to be sacked in three years, yes, correct? Yes, this is just a placeholder. I mean, you're, not, you're not exactly being run by a baseball guy. Avila doesn't really fit today's GM either. So I think the Tigers are very much in a holding pattern, a rebuilding pattern. Yes. And more importantly, they're going to have a, a new uh, front office in three years. Probably, I because the Illiches are still
2: trying to figure out their family well, dynamic. Who now runs the team old man now? I believe it's Chris, but okay. I could be wrong. It's one of the sons, but there, there's a lot of back backbiting going on there, too.
0: Yeah, You want to talk some Vikings when we come back? Yeah, here? sure. Brian Murphy, Pioneer Press, TwinCities.com. It's Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad.
2: Seems like the basis
3: for a sitcom. Mackey and Judd. Why not? On 1500 ESPN.
1: Who can guarantee that you're going to be in Game 7 of the World Series ever again? So come ready to play. You have your best attitude, your best opportunity.
0: Write that down. Midweek, write that down. Home runs only in a half hour from now at the top of the hour. So bring your monster bring your lumber. Yep. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll do our NFL picks today. Brian Murphy's hanging out. We're definitely going to get into some Vikings here this hour. But uh, just to wrap up some World Series stuff, it was nine years between 2002 and 2011 that we didn't have a Game 7. So we had a bunch of sweeps. We had uh, we had like that, that White Sox-Astros sweep series, which was a buzzkill. The Rockies and the Rays were in World Series. And... Uh, it just wasn't a great collection of World Series. Yeah, from Boston 2002.
2: was Boston was sweeping people, weren't they? Didn't yeah, they swept. The Red Sox won a bunch there. Yeah. That
0: Rockies one was not a fun World Series. But now, so we've had since 2011. This will be the this will be the fourth Game Seven, and you got to go back to the mid 1980s. We had three Game Sevens in a row between 85 and 87. So Royals, yep, Cardinals, and then Mets, Red Sox, <laughs> and then uh, tw- Twins and uh, Cardinals in 1987.
2: So. I don't remember, and we, we, you were talking earlier about the 75 series, and people always remember that as this epic, because it was such a television moment, Because of too. the Fisk, exactly. The Fisk home it run. Was, that was the defining moment. The rest of the series was not that great. In fact, there were four days between games five and six in Cincinnati and Fenway, because it rained for a week in in Boston. So it wasn't like it was this kind of like build-up, build-up, build, up, build, up, build. It just It just sort of sprung out that one night yep. in game six. And then game seven was was kind of a lopsided game that Cincinnati won. You think of 86, you think of the Buckner play and the Mets' amazing comeback in, in Game 6. Mm-hmm. Game 7, that was a dud of a game. It didn't really come through that well at all. 85, uh, I think back of, the, we talked about the blown call, Denkinger with the Cardinals. The next day, the Royals blew out St. Louis. So it wasn't like there was a compelling Game 7 to follow. Mm-hmm. That's what you got to hope for tonight, is that the momentum continues and that you have yes. a compelling Game 7. To follow through, I think of '97 with uh, Miami and uh, or the Marlins and Cleveland. Yeah. poor Cleveland. That's t- they've had two seven-game series losses
0: and in the last twenty years. In, in which fine they now. won, they won every game for like a month, and then didn't make it to the
1: World Series too. Games, or didn't
0: even make it to the CS.
1: Game seven of '87 was a good game, a fun game. Twins Cardinals. I remember uh, before, in 91, uh, after Game 6, which I didn't go to but was a fantastic game, I remember sitting with uh, with the uh, wife in a Perkins. Were you and, guys married yet? Yeah. No, 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 no. Two years, so fiancé at the time a little chicken tender melt and oh i love that chicken so t- oh oh a big a a big bowl per- ranch big, on the side big, big perky's oh. guy late night perky's guy yeah that's where the gut came from um <laughs> but i remember sitting there with her and and i had been at game 7 in 87 and was going to game 7 the next night with her and you know mild sports fan at best not really a sports fan and i remember sitting there at the age of 21 trying to articulate what this was going to be like and saying you don't Understand the significance of this moment, of how great this is going to be. I mean, because you're, I would love to go back no, and be but, a fly on the wall uh, for that conversation. Yeah, how do you explain that? But you're but you're 21 years old, and and I remember <laughs> fully understanding that within what the course of a four year period or something, I was going to get to go to a second game seven of a World Series. And it very well could be the last time I get to do this in my life. And and um, it's trending that way. (laughs) Yes, it is. But, I mean, just the the significance. And I had no idea that we were talking about what would turn into an epic Jack Morris Game 7 for the ages. I just remember trying to explain to her how great it was to even get the opportunity to go to a Game 7 of World Series. But if
0: you think about it, so put yourself in the shoes of someone who doesn't really care about sports. And, you know, I think you probably have those dynamics for people listening in your office today where it's a game-bleeping-seven of a World Series tonight, and sports fans are jacked up. But if you're trying to explain to someone who doesn't really watch sports or understand sports— it's a game seven, and their first question is like, "Well, how many games? How many games are? Like, why is there only seven games? It's not there just one. You yeah. mean they play a series of these. <laughs> what you would mean. Why don't they do that in football? Like the Super Bowl. They should really do that. We were talking. We out were there. we were thinking. Could you <laughs> ten days, seven football games? No, but the time that, to get to game that, seven. Don't
2: even get greedy. Just make like the <laughs> NFC Championship a best out of three. <laughs> you know, you play Sunday, travel, play Tuesday, maybe two more days off, and play Thursday oh. night. What do you say? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs>
1: Don't give him ideas. Don't give Roger Goodell any ideas. I tell you what,
2: I'd take a 14-game regular season and no preseason games for a best-of-three conference championship to go to the Super (laughs) Bowl. But do it all. But do it all in one week, so that by the third game, it's just
3: everyone's
1: just crawling around. Tonight, game three. Vikings against the Panthers. You can expand your rosters to a hundred. Yeah. Ky- <laughs> Kyle Sloter will start at quarterback because right, everyone has, else is. Dead. He has to. Case Keenum was killed in Game Two. Kyle Rudolph. They had to
2: amputate both. This arms. is your JV offensive line. How will they hold up in a critical Game
1: Three? Rashad Hill starting at left tackle. Bring it on, Julius Peppers. Oh my God. Yes, let's make this happen. Well, Roger Goodell's like, that's a great idea.
2: No, don't. Yeah, be careful. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. <laughs> Brian Murphy's a genius. So tonight you can hear it, Game 7, on this radio station. Is it another seven twenty first first pitch, Dave Harrigan? That's what it sounds like. Seven twenty
2: first first pitch and then pregame leading up to it. So.
1: Correct. Hey, Need real quick, Judd.
2: In 91, how much did you pay for
1: that Game 7 ticket? Oh, here's the greatest part. Oh, And uh, in 91, my mom was the school secretary at St. Bart's out in Wyzetta. And at that time, you had option for some reason. People that worked at schools of some sort had options to buy tickets. So I didn't pay extra. Was it a Catholic wow. thing? I have no idea. It was the Catholic mafia. But get she, she was able to buy tickets for every for me for every playoff and World Series game. And in fact, I sold. I couldn't get out of work for Game Six at the Star Tribune, so I had tickets, and I I had to sell them and made an absolute killing. It was fantastic. But to this day, I regret the fact I couldn't go. It would have been so much. It would have been. That game was. You're going to regret it more when the IRS so calls great, for you, too. That's too late. Yeah, Statute limitations are long past. But that was such a great game. But, yeah, I I made quite a bit off those tickets in 91. Let's talk some purple. Let's okay. talk some Vikings football
0: when we come back here. And uh, maybe project the second half of the season with Brian Murphy, Pioneer Press, TwinCities.com, Mackey and Judd. The Mackey and Judd Show rolls on. And
3: now for the main event on 1500 ESPN.
0: WWE 2K18 is now out. The People's Champ, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, is the executive soundtrack producer for WWE 2K18. Listen to the beats that have inspired The Rock on his journey to greatness on Apple Music. WWE 2K18 from 2K. Get it now on all major video game platforms, rated T for Teen, and enter to win your own PS4 or Xbox One copy now. On the 1500 ESPN stream player.
2: Down at the Hilton. Like I said, I slept like a king in my king king size bed. You know they had the TV going up and down, so that was unbelievable. I wanted one of those in my house. Now I think I'm gonna go buy one put one in my house. It was unbelievable. I just sat there in my bed. I was like, this is awesome. You push out and then the TV comes out. And then you push in, then the TV goes in. It was unbelievable, you know. I I loved it. I was like, dang, big time.
0: Everson Griffin, everybody, he never Everson gets old. Griffin. He's a, the the biggest <laughs> little
2: boy in the in in the history of the Vikings, right there. I yeah. mean, he's still got a lot of little little kid
0: in him. He's awesome. Yeah, uh, the Vikings defense has now they've been fortunate. They didn't have to face Aaron Rodgers really. They knocked him out of the game, and then Brett Hundley came in, and Joe Flacco was broken down, and they got to face Deshaun Kaiser, but. Um, so the schedule gets tougher in the Are second half. Are you harsh half. in their 6-2 and two gig? No, I think I think 6-2 and two is best possible case scenario, pun intended, yeah. uh, with your second or third quarterback, depending on the, the way you want to look at it. So what do you look at here in the second half of the season? What do you think is
2: possible for these Vikings? And how long would you ride Case Keenum, Brian Murphy? I would ride him for a while. I don't think it's... I mean, he's been very efficient I think Pat Shermer's done some amazing things with him and McKinnon and with the passing game the offensive line has surprisingly held up you know Keenum can do some things with his legs it, it's going be it's going to be a fascinating process to watch how they decide it seems a you know Fate accompli that they're going to activate Teddy Bridgewater here probably next week when do you get him in because what what are you looking for in practice that tells you he is going to be capable of managing a you know, an offense again and facing an NFL defense. Oh, by the way, as this team happens to be, say, you know, eight and four at the time or, you know, nine and three or wherever they're at. And and how do you really slide him in there almost as an experiment? That's a tough call to make. Um, plus, they've got four out of their next five games on the road. Yeah. Um, at, Their schedule didn't do me any favors. I mean, they had a lot of home games early, but they're going to have to pay the piper with that now, too. I think it's, you know, just take a peek at what happens on Thanksgiving in Detroit, and that's probably going to determine a lot of things that happens with their season.
1: This is why, uh, to your question there, Murph, I believe that patience will pay off. And I believe patience is the important thing here. And what's interesting about this is the head coach does not strike me as a patient human being. But all of that being said, Phil and I have discussed this for a couple of days now. I think the best way to go about this is if Keenum has a bad game and at halftime is throwing three picks or something. That's that's where Teddy plays, because if you force this and it goes wrong, or if you force this and he's not completely prepared to play, you're putting yourself into a situation you don't need. But we all know he's going to play, so I I think to to have this big debate about, well, he shouldn't play is pie in the sky. He's going to play at some point, but if you're smart about how you do this... And if Keena, and Keenum probably inevitably on the road is going to hit a rough patch or a rough game, you will, you will, God will provide the opportunity if you wait for Teddy to play. But what? Here's the
2: question: uh, Teddy will play, but what? What will dictate him playing? Because they have to see what they have in him, or because he gives them the best chance to win?
0: I think. I think what's going to happen is Mike Zimmer has his mindset on Teddy Bridgewater at some point. He loves him. And so in the current relationship he's in which is with Case Keenum he's just looking for that one fight right that one Mis- that one right. thing uh two interceptions in the first half against the Rams or you know w- whatever it is or a crack audible and uh now you got to talk about wearing a flak jacket for the next game oh no we can't do that we're just yeah you know, we'll let you get healthy for a couple weeks here just looking for that one little opening. To bring Teddy Bridgewater in, so and we're also have to
2: be much. We're also assuming that we have seen the last of Sam Bradford. Is everybody convinced of that? It sounds not, like I'm it not. sounds convenient, but I don't think we've seen the last of Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford will be a factor in the decision-making process because he will be healthy I, enough.
1: I need uh, I need to see more though. I mean, the last, I agree. The last I'm not time saying we saw, now. and 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 you know, you know Zimmer more than I do, but I don't think it's a leap to say that on Mike's in Mike's head now, Sam has dropped to about a fifth option. Yeah, Because Mike is the type of guy, listen, right or wrong, and we can debate this in this day and age of concussions and being patient with people and saying, you know, if they're hurt, they're hurt. In this day and age, we've all heard Mike talk enough to know that if you, in his mind, you can play and you don't tough it out and play through it and show him something, he keeps score. And so if this, you know, if this was a new age coach, I would say, Murph, I think you're right. And I think Bradford plays again. But I think in Mike's mind, it now firmly goes, Case, Teddy, 1A and 1B, and Teddy can pass him quickly, and Sam, about 7B. And that's based, in my opinion, on the head coach. And how he thinks about it. And things.
0: while you may be right, I, I don't disagree that in his mind, he's just sort of like, are you available or not? No, then you're not on, then, then, not, then not you're, even you're thinking about you, it. Yeah. you're persona but, non grata. But if all three are available and all three are, you know, 80% healthy or better, Sam Bradford's the best of the three. Right now. I'm not saying that I I want him for five years because I don't trust him, but he's the best of the three in a win-now season.
2: Based on his pedigree, based on what he showed in week one, yes, you have to agree with that. Because as much as everybody loves and is rooting for Teddy Bridgewater, he had modest numbers going through 14 and 15. Everybody expected that step to be taken last year, but it wasn't. And not only was the step not taken, he was so severely injured, we don't even know what we're going to have coming back with him. So... To sit there and say that Teddy's got to be above bridge or uh, it's got to be above Bradford. I, I don't know if that's nope. your best option where this season's going.
1: now here here's where it gets really, really dicey and and here's where I can't claim to to hypothesize necessarily exactly how the team is thinking is this. You know, there's a conversation where Zim loves Teddy, and we all know that, and he wants him to play, and I get that. And and there's a high, there's a high probability that he can play at some point. Now, where this turns very interesting is the Bradford part of the equation of if he starts to get healthy, are does Rick come to uh, to Mike and say, "Hey, Sam gives us the best chance," which is accurate and which which you guys both just said, or does Rick also say to Mike, "Well, I think Teddy can help us too, and if Teddy helps us, and if we play him." we are far more interested and willing to sign Teddy for 2018. So there's a conversation that has to take place here that I don't know how it's going to go, but there's a lot of different ways and a lot of different roads it could go down. And one of them could be, we're not signing Sam back. Sam's not coming back. We know that. And if everyone can get on the same page and say, Teddy gives us almost or basically an equal chance, as Sam does, that's where it's going to get intriguing. But where do they base that on? Just practice. Reps? I
2: mean, that's the difficult thing to well, answer it's because ba-
1: it's based on the fact that you, you know as well as I do that this team a lot of times thinks they know what's best. Well, that's they, they,
0: they're getting paid to think sure. that, too as well. But are I, you like denying that they like know what's best? No, or no what,
1: are you ta- what are you saying? No, I'm sa- what I'm saying is they are going to. They, there's a high probability that they're going to say they're going to outthink themselves. If if we think this through, we're going and they might be right. They might be right, but but when you say what what's it based on, I think a lot of it might be based on the fact that they just feel that, that that they can make the best decision, and if they're all on the same page, the fact that you can get a look at Teddy is going to allow you then to potentially sign him to a long term contract. And Sam is not coming back. Here's here. something else too that's driving me nuts. For 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 people on the Case bandwagon,
0: and I think all of us agree that Case Keenum should just keep starting for a little while, anyways, and then see what happens. What do you really have to – it ain't like you're going from Tom Brady to an unknown Teddy Bridgewater. You're going from a decidedly at-his-best league-average Case, Case Keenum. Like he's a league-average quarterback at his best. So you know what? If Bridgewater is bad or isn't ready or gets hurt again, you can just go back to Case Keenum, who's this le- the league-average guy who's having a career season. I think th- – this all this thought about well if you go away from case keenum and then it, well, just go back to case keenum then <laughs> like he's been doing that for 7 years up down starter backup yeah i mean he'll it, be fine if you go away from him and then come back to him in like a week his shelf life you can always is go back
2: to case keenum he's won 4 games right 4 starts that's that's his career high that so he's already sort of maxed out as you think he would be now they got the bye and they're coming back off of the bye they've been able to manage this offense with him I just to me I and you know Rick Spielman's going to be talking to writers today so his, his annual midseason or his annual buy uh, scrum I he's going to be peppered obviously I don't know how He'll much he's going to give up. no he's not going to clear he's it all clear up, the whole thing yeah, up yeah. but the question to me is you know what are what are you going to base your evaluations on Teddy mm-hmm. uh, what's what are the priorities getting him game ready getting him evaluated to make a long term decision which is very prudent but you got to do that on the back of a season that is already turning out to be pretty decent at least with case keenum i'm not saying the choice between case keenum and teddy bridgewater is is you know like that, that's easy to make you just go right with teddy no I, you got to understand where is how are they evaluating what he looks like in practice because it's not even close to being what he's going to face yeah. against an nfl team but you got to see how he does against an nfl defense before deciding whether a he can play again b you can long-term invest in him yeah this will happen organically
0: it always does it always does it's an injury, something's going to happen, and it'll you'll just know. Or oh, poor performance. Now it's yes. the time to bring you Bridgewater. Okay. So Good stuff, Murph. Hey, thanks for having uh, me again. back on the air here on Friday, I believe. Yes, right, 3 for to the, 6. Uh, by the way, people can find the Friday Football Fun Fest now. They can subscribe on iTunes to you guys. There's a show page. Me and for the superstar. And superstar and I. Yep, so go go check it out. Brian Murphy, PioneerPressTwinCities.com. Oh, and uh, enjoy the uh, little bottles of booze that you were uh, accumulating <laughs> during trick-or-treating last night.
2: Yeah, thank you, neighbor, uh, for having uh, the adults in mind when to <laughs> it was tricking, tricking and treating. I got a, I'm a big genius fan of this person. It's genius. It was perfect. A little airplane bottle of Jameson. Love it. Write right. that C-mer.
0: down. Midweek edition. Home runs only. When we come back, and an accountability session. Mackie and Judd.